Welcome to the LAPUX podcast, where we feature practical insights on how to lead with authenticity and courage in a changing world. This podcast is part of a growing collection of conversations with thought leaders in the corporate and nonprofit world who exemplify Christ-centered leadership. These thought leaders influence and contribute to meaningful professional development opportunities that seed our growing list of certificates and digital badges designed by our award-winning team who create world-class learning experiences that put humanity back into learning. Join us today in this journey to innovate and show the world what agile learning can be. Hello, listeners, and thank you for taking the time to listen into this, our second podcast episode of the new series we're running called Resilient Leaders in a VUCA World. So my name is John Reynolds, and it's my privilege to be the president of Los Angeles Pacific University and to actually be leading this particular 11-week series. So joining me today is uh, Dr. Dave Gardson. David, okay if I call you, Dave? Yes, please. Yes. Okay, well... Dave, it's so good to have you here. I've known Dave for almost uh, seven, eight years now, and I know that he comes from a broad background in higher education, publishing, consulting, executive coaching, uh, ministry, and even media. And it's not only been in the USA, but what has impressed me is his international and his cross-cultural sensitivity. Um, He serves as a consultant, I know, to uh, many organizations. And he specialized in board governance. And that's where Dave and I have spent a lot of time is talking about what board governance is and training. But I think one of the, the things I've liked and always admired and respected Dave for is his transition planning of leaders. Dave knows how to work with leaders in a changing world. He does this because he has a lot of experience, both in ministry and other organizations, and particularly in higher education. As I know, Dave has been uh, the president of Regents University, um, Asbury and Taylor. So Dave comes with a long record of experience in leadership. Dave, thank you so much uh, for being with us today. Thanks, John. Generous uh, introduction. Uh, I think what the introduction proves is I can't hold a job very long. So. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that, that, that's because you just so much in demand, right? Uh, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's, that's, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Excellent. Well, again, glad to have you with us uh, today. So Dave, what are we exploring in these, this series is the whole VUCA world, and especially as we move into uh, 2022, what that means. And you're familiar with the term VUCA. It's a volatile, it's, you know, it's uncertain, it's complex, and it's ambiguous. And I've been playing around with these, this acronym of VUCA and talking about what does it need to be a, a VUCA leader, and especially in 2022, moving forward, to have resilience. And so I've played with the acronym and spoken about the V might be for visionary, the U for being understood, the C for being courageous, and the A for being agile. And we're going to be actually continuing the series looking at each of those aspects. But what I really want to do today is focus on what it means to be a visionary leader, especially in a changing future. So I wrote this statement just recently, and I'd love to hear your comments and thoughts about it. I said, a VUCA world needs VUCA leaders, and these leaders will have to be resilient to a constantly changing future. Motivating followers with a shared vision is more important than ever before, but is more complex in times of uncertainty. Is this a statement you can kind of resonate with, or what's your thoughts on, on that? I think at the 30,000-foot level, it really does describe some of the challenges that are ahead for effective leadership. I think the key word for me in that is the concept of shared leadership. What does it mean 
to develop a visionary strategy that is comfortable in a collaborative shared environment. I think that we have grown up, particularly in the West, with leadership models that basically has the challenge of finding a leader who's going to give us a vision for the future. And uh, that particular model has worked, in, particularly in startup situations, where there needs to be some creative, entrepreneurial, top-down leadership. Uh, folks, here's the vision, here's where we're going to go, and here's how you can play a part in that. I think over the last couple of decades, but particularly in the last, uh, I'd say, three to five years, there's been recognition that the challenges facing any organizational entity are so complex that to leave the vision casting to one person's skill sets or insights is, is just not wise. And so I, I think the emerging generation of visionary leaders are those who essentially come to an organization, often in the interview process, you know, the standard question that search committees ask is, well, what's your vision for our organization? And that uh, assumes a great deal of understanding of the organization by the individual. And so visionary leaders, I think, really begin by seeking to understand the nature of the organization, the mission of the organization. And the best way to do that is in a collaborative, share with me, talk to me, listening kind of uh, strategy before a vision is formed. Often, I really encourage new leaders to go back and look at the founding intent of the organization. In biblical or theological terms, we often talk about Ebenezer's in an organization's historical journey. And so those places where in the Hebrew, hitherto have the Lord helped us, you know, the major change points in the organization's history, a visionary leader needs to be aware of. And particularly for faith-based organizations, and if we can make that assumption, John, in this discussion, you know, we have a, a sense that uh, somehow God has a role to play in revealing the vision for what the organization is going to need to be into the future. So another part of this uh, the and the book kind of thing is, uh, does this person have the disciplines uh, to think spiritually uh, about the mission that this organization has and recognizing even the best of us see through a glass darkly, <laughs> we know in part and we can only then prophesy, which is another way of thinking prophetically about visioning into the future, that we prophesy in part. So again, somebody that has a spiritual understanding that this organization is to be stewarded within God's intent for it, an individual who understands that vision creation really needs a collaborative, participatory model to fully understand what the key stakeholders feel about the mission, believe the mission should be. You spoke primarily about new leaders coming into an organization. So if we think about leaders who have been in organizations for some time, and what we've been trained as leaders to be is a vision we normally start with, you know, I see a day is normally kind of the five-year, 10-year type thinking is um, where the vision statement starts. And for many, the transformational leadership theory says, you know, this is to help motivate and influence your followers to move into the future. How do you as a leader in 2022, wherever you think you are in a pandemic, actually, after two years of pandemic thinking, 
actually create a vision where people say, I don't even know what's going to happen next month. And you've been saying the same thing for 24 months. Um, what should we be saying in terms of vision? And does it, or is it different? I mean, even in these uncertain times, I guess. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, nothing that's particularly well-formed. I think that it, there are probably more questions about how we do vision casting in light of the cultural context within which we have been uh, because of the disruption. You know, a lot of times, particularly going back to collaborative approach, is that people who are going to collaborate meaningfully with you as a leader on helping piece together a vision that you then as the leader are going to articulate and structure and organize and staff and resource is difficult because people aren't sure they're going to be around. Many of the organizations, and one of the things I'm seeing now is that we had a significant turnover in executive leadership. Now we're seeing a significant turnover in the direct reports to executive leadership, which is where senior leaders, executive leaders typically look for input for collaboration. And so there's this uncertainty about, how shall we describe it, workplace security. Even if I'm invited in to contribute to a discussion about the vision for the future, am I even going to be a part of that? So there, there are several factors that are emerging that typically the way I would approach it would be to engage key stakeholders in discussions about the mission of the organization and what its historic accomplishments have been and what are the implications, just re even raising the questions about how the last couple of years now impact the operationalizing of that vision and gathering from them thoughts about how that might change into the future. All of that, again, is, is trying to put this patchwork quilt together in some kind of meaningful way. Here in Kentucky, where I live, we have quilt makers. And usually there's a quilting bee leader, the queen bee, so to speak. And uh, her job is to invite the other people in the community to bring their scraps of fabric that they think would fit nicely into a quilt. And then uh, the queen bee then begins to think about what kind of pattern would work. And there are multiple kinds of standard patterns. And she then articulates the pattern, essentially creates the border within which the pattern will be assembled, but then invites each of the, the members who have brought their pieces to stitch their piece into the quilt. And one of the things that people who know quilting and particularly know communities of quilters will be able to discern very quickly with a finished product is, oh, yeah, that's Aunt Mary's piece because of the way she stitched it. And I think, again, we're in a, in a situation where vision creation, for me, is very much like inviting in key people with key pieces of the puzzle. And then the visionary provides kind of the framework within which these people who have these key pieces are invited to make a contribution and then are guided and directed by that. And so rather than the visionary coming off the mountain with the you know, already completed quilt, so to speak, essentially they're watching it emerge within certain parameters that are defined by the mission of the organization, cultural contexts for the organization, and other factors that obviously influence the nature of the finished visionary product and how it would be implemented. 
there, that, that's already, because we talk about tapestries and mosaics and quilts, and I remember using, I think there was a movie, The American Quilter, using that for teaching purposes at one stage in that area. And you, you kind of started a, a list in my head of what we would see as the attributes of a visionary leader. So the one, the ability to actually articulate and communicate what, what the big picture is, the competency to actually bring the right people together to make that happen. So I'm thinking communication would be one of the competencies, clarity, uh, charisma, because it's obviously got, there's got to be some gravitas in terms of who this is. Sure. Um, how, how would you complete that list? If you had to put another three or four attributes of a visionary leader together, what would that list look like? I think there are a couple of character co components that are not easy to measure. Humility, I think, is really key here. This is our vision, not my vision. And the genuine uh, celebration of those who are contributing to the creation of the vision and then continuous reinforcement of those who then are helping put feet to the vision and moving into the future. The visionary leaders of the future really have to be particularly gifted at building a cohesive team, often divergent, but complementary and supplemental skills. And a person who's humble enough to invite others into the process, confident enough in who they are to give away the credit and not necessarily, while they have to be center stage, usually in the declaration and proclamation, at that center stage position, they are quick always to give credit to, provide applause for, issue the girls and attaboys that are necessary for vision to move from a theoretical kind of ethereal construct to some kind of measurable, operationalized set of activities that produce outcomes that then the leader continually links back to this outcome validates the mission or back to the humility, this outcome indicates that we probably need to revisit the mission because uh, some aspect of the implementation is not always uh, moving forward. So that flexibility component is another piece of, I think, the job description, so to speak, or the character description. Adaptability, somebody who's used to living in fast-changing, quick-changing environments is really critical. And part of our problem, at least I'll speak for myself, part of my problem is once we've gone through the pain of creating the vision, then uh, I can become too inflexible about having to revisit and change that vision when the outcomes are not necessarily what we hoped the vision casting was going to achieve. Uh, and again, we have to define terms, you know, vision and yeah. mission. And mission is always clear, but the vision about how the mission gets accomplished is a little more, um, how should we say it, uh, mushy in some ways, uh, malleable maybe is a better word. And I think a leader who's willing to allow what they had fallen on their sword for, so to speak, in terms of articulating the vision to potentially uh, maybe even die, but at least change is going to be another really important characteristic. I remember as a leader in, several years ago, 
my life have been accused of having barrages and not visions <laughs> because <laughs> they would they would happen then they would disappear right because they weren't really and it was just a case of things changed yeah. and yeah so to them it was not a vision it was just this barrage and as you got closer it disappeared and you went on to something else i think the the softer aspects of as you were talking about the leadership skills when you spoke about humility i think this whole issue of authenticity and being able to trust the leader and have confidence yes. will actually in some ways almost counterbalance you know, the, the fact that things are changing. Well, I know things are changing, but I trust you as my leader and because you're authentic and you're empathetic. So we'll follow you know, and we'll see where, where that goes. One of the most profound pieces of information, a book really by the title that I have found particularly helpful is that change happens at the speed of trust. And I think that idea that you just hit on, John, is really critical, that you've got to be trustworthy. You know, we think of of Dr. Fauci, uh, not to date this too much, but in the midst of all of this, uh, constantly things are changing as new information comes on board. Some people basically push back aggressively because they're not sure that Dr. Fauci or the science that Dr. Fauci is soaking in can be trusted. And so that concept of trustworthiness, and boy, it takes a new leader some time to earn that level of trust, doesn't it? I mean, really, you you don't just come in with trust uh, already formed. In the first, I usually tell the new uh, CEOs I coach that the first 90 days and the decisions you make in the first 90 days essentially will establish the trust context so the decisions you make, how you make them, why you've made them, and how you communicate them will essentially uh, create the, the degree of trust necessary for you to make probably some pretty radical changes in direction as the organization then tries to live into this collaborative vision, which we hope is going to fulfill the mission. Yeah, that's outstanding. So as we've spoken about where we think leaders are now and um, you know, what it means to lead in the current day, especially in terms of vision, et cetera, if you were counseling or mentoring a young emerging leader and they came to you and they said, you know, uh, Dr. Gardson, what are the three or four things I should invest in to be an effective and a visionary leader for the future? What would your response be to them? One is essentially the nature of the organization and as much understanding about its history, its context, its culture, its major opinion leaders. And then secondly, on the personal side, uh, stress management, change management, health, physically, psychologically, and your family relationships. That's that's really good counsel advice. So Dave, we're coming to the end of our time. So again, I just want to Once again, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We're looking forward to bringing you another episode in a few weeks that discusses the importance of the leader in being understood. So if um, V is for visionary, it's the U is for being understood. And that's by the entire organization, certainly in uncertain times. So this will be uh, available in just a couple of weeks. And we hope to have another outstanding Christian leader, just like uh, Dr. Dave Gardson, to be with us and uh, to ask questions and to gain their wisdom and counsel. Just to remember that these podcasts and blogs are free resources, which we trust will transform you as a leader for the future. So Dave, thank you again uh, for being with us. We appreciate it. And I look forward to further conversations on this topic. 
Thank you, John, for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LAPUX podcast. We sincerely hope you enjoyed learning something new today and you have at least one takeaway to use immediately in your professional life. If you did, please take a few seconds to review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening to. We value your feedback so highly because we are doing this for you. Please also subscribe to this podcast where we will be providing you with leadership training and resources as we hear from Christian leaders from all over the world. Connect with us on social media so we can journey by learning together. All of our channels are listed in the show description. Before you go, we want to invite you to visit x.lapu.edu to see the courses that we've created for you. Check back often as we are always developing new offerings. That's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, we're here to help you become a better you. So check out x.lapu.edu.